Good Thursday afternoon to you, Christian Gokel, alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you hanging out with us here. We have a lot of happy things to get to on the show today. Yeah. And yeah. obviously okay. starting with the Braves. Right. Walking it off last night. That was that was fun. Yeah. Looked there for a moment. Like we were off to a very similar start to last night. Or two, I should say, two nights ago, uh, when Kyle Wright gave up that big rough six runs in the second inning, mm -hmm. and Anderson gives up a bomb last night in the second inning, and all of a sudden you're like, uh oh, here we go again. <laughs> but no, the Braves right the ship, they come back, tie it up three to three, and then all of a sudden you're in the bottom of the ninth there, PJ. And listen, is there a more tune in moment? For a sport like baseball, I feel like basketball's maybe like this too, where you're kind of checking the ESPN app, you're working around the house, getting some stuff done. Maybe the kids are watching something on the tube, and you look down, and you're like, "Oh, it's three to three in the bottom of the ninth. Maybe I need to uh, kick off what the Wiggles. I don't know what kids watch now. Yeah, no, I uh, don't. Don't ask me. And maybe maybe I need to bump them off for a second, or you pull it up on the old uh, Bally Sports app and watch it. Right. Just while your kids are watching it, you watch it on the phone. Yeah, one way or the other. Uh, but that being said, is there anything more exciting, like when you when your team <clears throat> is tied or I think down one going into <clears throat> the bottom of the ninth, just like regular season? Yeah, yeah. No, I I think like you said, that's probably the best. One of the best, like, tune-in moments, I, I got to start paying attention to it. Because, let's be real, that doesn't without happen with football because you're sitting down there watching the whole game, stressing over everything. But, as you said, uh, probably the, the two sports I, I would put up there the most with are basketball and baseball. And I would say it's probably, like, this might be a weird time, but it's, it's probably, like, middle of the eighth. Okay. Like if it's a tie game or or close, you have the possibility of you know a walk off or or something like that, even extra innings. You see that in like the middle of the eighth, going in going in the bottom of the eighth, something like that, and you're like, all right, I I, I got to figure out a way to to tune into this. Um, I'm I'm very similar when it's like five or four or five minutes to go in the fourth. And it's a of, tie game of a basketball. Like, flip that yeah. one. If it's within five, I'm like, okay. Time to flip this on, and no matter what, it's like like the the Bucks Celtics. Yeah, was insane. the The last three or four minutes of that game was was crazy. Uh, last night, it could change in an and instant. And people are saying, so, like Christian, how am I supposed to watch NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball? Well, so many different ways. Well, now here's what I'll tell you: it's it's 2022. TVs aren't that expensive anymore. True. Got to rock that two TV setup. And if it, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. You got to rock the two TV setup, and also, I think more apps need to get on the same level as ESPN because ESPN has that Quad View app, yeah, where you can do split view, three games, up to four different stations at a time, yeah, on your screen. And so you got the That's big a, old. It's a beautiful. If thing. you got the big old flat screen, you got four games going on at the same time. Why do you ever need to leave your house? <laughs> you you definitely don't. You definitely don't need to do that. And indoors is one of the best places to be. But so the real so the, to answer the question, like, Christian, what am I? Do I have to flip back and forth between the Celtics and the Bucks and then the Braves? 
but going to the bottom of the ninth? No. Get that second TV. Don't yeah. let anybody stop you. There you go. You don't have to by any means. That's really good advertising there, Christian. But if I, I would say what's even crazier, you might be surprised at this because of just, like, I like football and other sports. I'd, I'd say I probably like basketball more than baseball. But it, even if it's last night, you have, like, a playoff series game and then you have a regular season baseball game with your favorite team, I would still choose, like, if you have to choose, if you don't have that second TV or tablet or whatever to flip over and have both games playing at the same time, I still would go to the Braves with it being tied in the ninth because t- there's nothing like a walk-off. But even like, there's the, nothing like well, a I don't know, like NBA, couple minutes left in the playoffs. I don't know. Even like, yeah, and it's crazy, whatever, like the culmination. But you talk about one play, one moment, like – a ga- like a game-winning layup or or floater or whatever, yeah, that's exciting for sure. It's it's an incredible feeling, but a walk-off. Walk-offs are exciting. I would upgrade it and say a walk-off home run is even better. Is more yeah. exciting. I don't know if I'm gonna say a walk-off single is more exciting than like I'm thinking about like okay. LeBron when he yeah. played for the Cavaliers catching that inbounds pass against the Magic. And just turning around and nailing that three from that's, like the logo. That's one of the best game winners of all time. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if a walk off single from Dansby in the regular season is as exciting as an NBA playoff three pointer game winner. You got to use a different example. <laughs> but I okay, know what you okay, mean. Ray, I, like, Allen I agree. The, Ray Allen in the corner. Dude, you, that's even better. You made the broad statement. <laughs> that's a final shot. But you made too. the broad Okay, Trey Young last year. Against there the Knicks. Go. That's that's hitting fine. a floater. Yeah, that's fine. And then hitting them with the shh. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying, you just went like one and two. But you two, blanket like, statement and said that a walk off is more exciting than a basketball game winner. Yeah. I should have said home run. Right. I should have said home okay. run. Well, You're Orlando Garcia right. did that last My night. My man took a week off and then came in and blasted yeah. a walk off home run there in the bottom of the ninth. Braves currently fifteen and seventeen. Uh, have the night off tonight before they start a road trip. Uh, but no, I said I was excited about some stuff. I feel like we have finally gotten through the point in the pandemic where some things are starting to catch up. Obviously, when you go to the gas prices, that's 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 not the case. But some things are starting to catch up. I know Kevin, a big fan of Ozark, finally got to see the culmination <clears throat> of that series. And they had to release it in two parts just because of breakups and shooting Mm -hmm. inside the show, right? But now we're finally starting to see, I think, PJ, this makes me excited because I'm a movie person, the return of the summer blockbusters. True. Where it's just like every week there's like two movies. You're like, I want to go see that. Yeah. I want to go see that. you can't, so you got to go pick one. Like, Like, yeah. There's been, and it's understandable because nobody can make movies, right? There's been kind of a lull for the past couple of years where really I haven't been overly excited to go to the theaters to see really any movie. Like I say like the most excited I've been to see one is uh, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, true. Yep. The latest Spider-Man movie. I was... Uh, but even that didn't have quite like the buildup of some of these other ones. That's very true. Well, especially like you, if you're even talking about like strictly like Marvel Right, didn't have the same kind of build up as like the old like Endgame and stuff like that. Obviously, but how are you supposed to 
have that. Oh well, yeah, up. I mean, I don't know if anything's going to live up to that. That, that think, was the culmination of like a decade. Right, and I'm not saying. I guess this might be the same thing. I'm not saying it was a great movie, but I think the last time I had the same level of excitement was probably when the ninth, yes, ninth Star Wars came out. The the what the rise of Skywalker. You don't want me to talk about that. No, no, no. I'm, again, I'm not saying that this was before it came out. Like that, that hype was there. That level of excitement was there. So and, you were still excited for the third one to come out, like the series, the trilogy finale. Well, yeah, because I was hoping it was going to be better than the second one. So wait, they smacked you in the face twice, and then you were like, "No, no, the third one's going to be good." No, the first one was okay to me. It was all right. It wasn't incredible but like it had enough fan service in there and <laughs> i was like all right that's good then i was like all right let's see if they can steer away from the same you know star wars over and over again story that, that we've seen and hopefully steer away from that in the second one and then we kind of got that in the second one and i was like wow i really didn't like that uh that was not good. Why are we bringing this down talking about that? Whatever, I don't know. Like, I was just talking about the was. excitement, and then you started asking me questions about it. Like, I, right. I, I just generally, before I went and saw the movie, I was very excited to see that, that third or ninth whatever Star Wars movie, and now I finally, like you said, have that same level of excitement to go back to movie theaters. All right. Well, no I way have, home was there, but yeah. I have a top five. Wow. Okay. I have a top five movies that are coming out this summer that I am excited to go see in movie theaters. And then I have some and runs, like that's like some ones that like maybe if I don't have anything to do that weekend, I'll go see, but more likely than not, waiting for them to come out on a streaming service. Right. That are coming out this summer. I'll start with those. There's an Elvis biopic coming out, aptly named Elvis. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Original. That like, you know, if it can be along the lines, well, I shouldn't say along the lines. If it can be similar to a walk the line kind of movie, True. I, I think it'll be enjoyable. So that's one of the sleepers that I have. Uh, also, Where the Crawdads Sing, really good book. Should check it out. Okay. But also excited to see the movie, but I'm going to, I'll probably end up waiting for that one to come out. Yeah, I'll take your word for that one. But then, of course, it wouldn't be summer without one of these coming out on May 13th. Shark bait. Wow. Quick synopsis that I got off of IMDb. A couple taking a vacation, go out on jet skis before they figure out they're in shark infested waters, and then it just goes from there. You know, for a minute, yeah. this might, you know, let the viewers know or listeners, whatever, uh, how much of a child I am. When you said uh, shark bait, you went, uh huh? Yeah, I was like, you want to find email on it? I was kind of hoping. I was like, all right, this can go one of three ways. No. The way it did, one of those like short shark tornado movies, like maybe they were going to come out with another one, or three, it could have been another Finding Nemo movie, which I was kind of hoping because those other two options are not great. That does not sound good. No, but it sounds just terrible in like a great summer movie. I guess. So, I mean, it's not summer without a new rendition of every other crappy shark movie we've <laughs> yeah. ever seen made. All right, yeah. so that brings us to our top five. At number five, it's not summertime without a great kids movie, <clears throat> DC League of Super Pets. Yeah, that, Kevin Hart and The Rock. That whole title just made my mind get jumbled. Like It's Kevin Hart and The, the Rock blender. play, respectively, uh, I believe... 
The Rock is Superman's dog. And Kevin Hart is like a pound dog. <laughs> and then the rest of the pound animals get superpowers. Please tell me Kevin Hart's dog is bigger than The Rock's. He is not. Come on. He that would have been hilarious. He is not, unfortunately. But I think it looks like a good kids movie for the summer. So I'm excited for that one. I think that'll be a good one. One of those movies where like you go to it to take your kids, but then you're like emotionally invested into it by the end. So now... The Rock is a superhero and a superhero's dog, both for DC. Yes. That's confusing. One as a cartoon and one as a live-action movie. If you want to know why I don't like DC movies. Oh, my God. There you go. All right, well, That's a go. good example Wait, right just, there. Just bring it all down. It's a great example. All right, number two, or actually number four, going five to one, Hustle. Okay. Yeah, I saw a trailer for that last yeah. night. Yeah. Little Adam Sandler bringing a kid to America to live out his NBA dreams kind of a deal. Right, right. Netflix special. Last time Adam Sandler did a Netflix movie. It was pretty. Uncut Jams. Stop it, stop it. Uncut Jams. Stop, dude. Don't do it. Turned out pretty dang good. Don't do it. Depending on who you talk to, but I thought it was really good. And also, you don't have to go to theaters to see it. You can just stay at home. Yeah, it's very good. That's a very Uh, good note. And. You know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I do like kind of the storyline in it, too. He's like an NBA scout for yep. like 20 years running, never really this gets a shot, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Just playing the same character? Well, sure, but now instead of... I don't know, know that there's, I've ever watched a more anxiety-ridden movie than Uncut Jams. No, okay, stop. But <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's kind of how I describe it to, to anyone I talk to about it, is I'm like... Or most of the people that like the movie. You have a, a knot the, in your stomach the entire movie. Yeah, a lot of the people that don't like the movie are like, no, I don't see what you mean. And I'm like, well, that's probably that why you didn't like the movie. That kind of makes me not want to rewatch it. I watched it once, and it was great, but I'm not watching it again. It was a just, whirlwind and yeah. a roller coaster, and I don't want to put my yeah. body through just, that again. Just the anxiety. But All it right. was good. Top three. <laughs> Top three. Yeah. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yeah. I'll put it three. I think I, it's got a lot of promise. It could end up as number one. Right, we got the return of Natalie Portman. Yeah, but like... But also, you put Chris Hemsworth on on the screen as Thor, I'm going to be entertained. Of course. I, I do like the, you know, him him kind of working out his his issues and whatnot. Yeah. It seems like from the trailers, that seems like it's going to be a, a story in and of itself and a, a good ride, an emotional ride in and of itself. And then, as you said, Natalie Portman coming back in, but like... Bulky, like muscled up, Natalie Portman. Easy, dude. Just calm down. She looks like a monster. It's great. All right, that's good. In a good way. Just calm down. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. It's gonna be good. Anyway, so that comes in at number three, number two, and this one could easily flop, and I think it probably will. But I'm such a fan of the original two of these yeah. movies that I'm gonna go see it anyway. Ooh. Yeah, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh. I thought you were going in a different direction. Nope. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic Park is easily in my top five favorite movies of all time from the time I was a kid till now. Okay. Holds up. Yeah. Right? Unbelievable movie. Unbelievable lines. And then Jurassic World, like where Jeff Goldblum got to be the star of the movie, and you have a T-Rex loose in Los Angeles. One of my favorite movies ever. Right? Jurassic World Dominion. 
Seems like it's going to be a lot, and they're now kind of doing the thing where you bring like the cast back from all of the movies to the one movie for the culmination of it. Of course. I'll watch it. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be popcorn-inducing kind of a movie. Yeah. Right? But I'll, I'm here for it. But also has the ability to just be... <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Easily, it certainly easily. does. And I think, I, I don't know how you th- what you thought about like this new Chris Pratt version. I thought the first Jurassic World was actually really, really good. And then the second one, I felt Mer. I kind of jumped off a cliff. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Uh, but finally, yeah, there's a cliff scene in the movie. Where, you know, really sad scene with the brontosaurus. Anyway. It's probably like my subconscious yeah. like, made me say that, and I... I Instantly yep. regretted it. Anyway, yeah. obviously number one is Top Gun Maverick for yes, a lot dude. of reasons. Yes, okay. a lot of reasons. Comeback, um, so, comeback woo. story, comeback story, right? Because this movie has been in works for like ten years. I knew I had, I had faith in you, right? For a reason. But also, is there a better summer movie? No. Than Top Gun? Not at all. And everything I keep hearing in the reviews is like, oh, the the fighter scenes are amazing. Okay, stop the reviews right there. Yeah, that's, that's all I care about. Sure. There's there's shirtless volleyball scenes. Yep. Right. Just a lot of like a lot of sweaty, attractive people playing volleyball. Dudes are riding then, motorcycles. Yeah, motorcycles, and then you With know the aviators on. Correct, and then just fighter pilots getting yeah. after it, thousand miles an hour in every single way. So that's that's number one on my list, and I, I don't think there's a way I'm disappointed by that. That's why I have it as a one seed, dude. And like, if you haven't seen his movies, that's fine. But like Miles Teller in it too. That dude's a pretty solid actor. He's a solid actor, but this, like him in it scares me. Understandable. Like I like yeah. I love Whiplash, but I don't know if the dude who's getting yelled at for not being able to keep a cadence on a drums is really the guy I want as my fighter jock. You never know. Like maybe. Like bro, we had Val Kilmer. Yeah, I mean Val Kilmer's agreed. jaw. Val Kilmer's jawline. To Miles Teller. Come yeah, on. He, he kind of has, has a goofy look on yeah, his face, you can, sure. You but can forge an axe. It's fine. On Val Kilmer's jaw. We're giving the goofy looking guys a chance. All right. They're really no. good at acting. <laughs> no. I want. They said, uh, They said. what's his face? One of the Chris's. What's his last name? The one who played <laughs> Captain America? Yeah. Chris Evans. What? Chris Evans, right? Yeah. He had America's butt. Sure. And Captain America, that's what he said? Yep. Right? Val Kilmer has America's jawline. Very true. And now we're going to Miles Teller. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out. But I yeah, do, exactly. I do have a 16 seed PJ that I think is a dark horse candidate Holy to cow. to win the whole thing. This never ends. Are you ready? This is the last <laughs> one. I promise. And it's just like I saw the title, and I was like, Oh God, this seems like an FX special. And then I saw the actors in it, and I was like, Oh my God, this is an FX special, right? There are no saints. Let me just read the let me just read the synopsis. Oh, Looking I, to start a new life, yeah. a former hitman nicknamed the Jesuit is unable to escape the sins of his past. <laughs> With enemies on both sides of the law, he has nowhere to turn. When his only son is kidnapped by a ruthless cartel boss, he'll stop at nothing to save his boy. Is that is the it, ruthless is it, cartel boss is played by Ron Perlman. Is Liam Neeson? No, but the cast. The cast is amazing. Alfonso Pineda, Brian Cox, Paul Schrader, Ron Perlman, and Tommy Flanagan. I'm here for all of that. I. All of it. The only way I know any of those people is if you 
put a picture in front of me. I, Ron I have, Perlman other is... Other than Ron Perlman. He's Hellboy. I know Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, I know have Ron you ever Perlman. seen Sons of Anarchy? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know... Uh, God, the dude with the scar on his face. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that much of it. But he's like in the all of this, every episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Tommy Flanagan. I know who Jax is. That's pretty much it. That's about it. Well, Ron Perlman's also in Sons of Anarchy, too. Yeah, yeah, Ron Perlman, like, he's a pretty notable guy. Yeah. Uh, all the other ones. Listen, all you had to say to me was Ron Perlman and There Are No Saints, and I'm there. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about that other one. I, I don't know the name of it, but there's one coming out where, like, Marky Mark is some old gangster who's now trying no, to be a pastor. Yeah, I saw that one. And he's it like, this like... could be the best role of my career. I'm like, Mark, Mark what are you Walter talking about? Mark Walter is kind of hitting down at the Mendoza line right now <laughs> with his with his movie choices. About? So, yeah, that's probably, it's, it's going to take a good Marky Mark movie to get me back uh, in his corner there. <laughs> but let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We have some more NIL talk to dive into. Notre Dame's basketball coach had some stuff to say. We're going from Nick Saban. We're going, listen, we're going from Nick Saban uh, I'm going to tell you something in the To break. Mike Bray. Yeah. We'll let you know what Mike Bray had to say next right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right. Mike Bray thinks you need to get over yourself. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that every, doesn't surprise me very Everything much. about the storyline makes me happy, especially where it's taking place. So for those of you who don't know, uh, there's a lot of huge meetings happening down uh, regarding the NCAA and just the future of college athletics on Amelia Island. <laughs> How about that? Like yeah. If I had to imagine a place where a bunch of 50 to 80-year-olds are making a lot of powerful decisions, Amelia Island. That makes it makes a whole, might, whole lot of sense. Might be the first place uh, that I would start there. But Mike Bray addressed uh, comments at the ACC's annual spring meetings about NIL. And his response was, quote, Coaches have got to stop complaining. This is the world we're in, and last time I checked, we make pretty good money. So everybody should shut up and adjust. And he said that. Mike Bray's response is, get over it. He said that with a choice drink in his hand, sitting on yeah. the back patio of his you know, beachfront house in Amelia Island. And he, Say, and Listen, a, our life's not that bad. Yeah, in a tracksuit. <laughs> in a tracksuit on the beach. You think yes. we're joking? No, PJ. <laughs> PJ didn't want to say this. I'll say it. And this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. Is, okay. Can I? Huh? What? This was someone's observation <laughs> that he looks like a Russian hitman. He he does. He does. I would agree with that person. A lot of chest lettuce exposed when he's coaching. Yes. He's got the gold chain, tracksuit. With with just the only of course. Notre Dame is is sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> yeah, the only semblance. Are they no, Are they that, are like, they Under Armour now? They might be under. I, I don't know. I it's, think they might have moved to Under Armour. I can't remember if they changed back from Under Armour or if they stayed at Under Armour. All I know is like the the only semblance that he's a basketball coach at all or associated with with anything basketball or school related is that little Notre Dame logo on like the the left patch. Of the tracksuit, but that's it. He's like tracksuit. You got the you got the the running shoes on underneath, like you said, gold chain. You know that the chest hair exposed, the long hair. Oh, like, that's disappointing. Notre Dame's now Under Armour. That's just disappointing. Yeah, that is a little disappointing. I didn't think I saw stripes on the tracksuit that I showed you. Yeah, no, probably not. I just wanted to be sure. 
But no, no, no. He's got like the the slicked back hair, yeah. like pulled so tight that it's just wringing out any kind of water that that could be in there. Like it's perfect, and it looks like in the picture I showed you, which. Yeah, no, I just uh, I, guys, I, I uh, guys, I admit it now. It's me. I'm the one who said it. I didn't mean to dive down this rabbit hole, but uh, Mike Bray's when he said it. And listen, I kind of understand why coaches are complaining. And here's the thing: I don't know that any of us know what we're complaining about or scared of. Right. We've talked about this before. There are so many different things changing and so many unintended consequences. I've made the point before that. Last year in college football, I was like, it's going to be fine. And you watched last year, and NIL affected none of your viewing experience. Mm -hmm. None of the times you watched Bryce Young drop back were you like, I can't even enjoy this because he's making a million dollars. No, you sat back there and watched Bryce Young win the Heisman Trophy, and you're like, this dude's amazing. And I'm enjoying every moment of him, unless you're an Auburn fan, going 99 yards to win that Iron Bowl. Yeah. Right? That was just an absurd moment that was spoiled not at all by the fact that he was earning money. But now I think we are starting to see the consequences in the first real offseason with NIL where people have had a chance to take a breath and figure out how they can make this advantageous for themselves. I'm not saying just the players. I'm saying people, anyone out there who's looking to make a buck is saying, here's how I can use this to my advantage. Right? And it's there have been reports where uh, quote-unquote agents are taking these players for percentages that no professional athlete would ever give to an agent to facilitate these NIL deals, but that's beyond the point. The point is, why are coaches so afraid of this? I think it's because right now the players kind of have a you-can-have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too kind of scenario where I can go, I can get paid, and if I don't like my situation, I can leave and get paid more somewhere else with no consequence. Right, And you're like, Christian, that's free market economics. And I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely free market economics. But it's also not the way any other sport works in the world, period. True. Where money's involved. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're in the NFL, like Trevon Walker just signed his rookie deal. Four years, $37 million guaranteed. That's a four-year contract. He can't decide that he likes getting his tail whipped on the Jaguars and that he can make more money in endorsement money by going somewhere else. Right. Now, the big difference, and here's why all of this is just stuff we've never talked about before, is none of these football players are being paid by the teams they they play for. But I can understand why coaches are complaining because they're trying to build a team and they have no idea when the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath their feet. Right, You can build an offense around a quarterback and he can decide that he doesn't like the way his quarterback coach talks to him. Or he can have a collective come to him and say, yo, we got this set for you. Wink, wink, nod, nod if you come to our school. Mm-hmm. And he can leave. And so all of a sudden you have spent an entire offseason planning around uh, game, like designing plays, building your playbook around this quarterback, and all of a sudden he's gone. Or you've been designing your playbook around the fact that you have Tyler Harrell if you're Louisville, and now he's in Tuscaloosa. So I can understand why coaches aren't happy about it, and I can understand also why Mike Bray would say, hey, you got to get over it, because college basketball exists in the one-year world. Sure. Like, think about the teams that have won in the not-too-distant past where you have Kentucky winning with a super freshman. Right? That's what used to win. 
is because you had one year and then the best players were gone. Now with NIL, that's kind of starting to change a little bit in college basketball where you can, if, honestly, if you're a Duke basketball player or a Kentucky basketball player at Kansas, you may be able to make more money for the next year if you stay in school being one of those players through NIL deals than you would potentially on a rookie deal in the NBA. So right now, the players have the ultimate power in terms of where they're going to play. I can understand why coaches are worried and feel the need for some sort of regulation. Yeah, it's understandable, especially, again, when you look at it from from a college football perspective. Uh, Because you've, you've never kind of lived in this world before and not only could you know everything kind of be swept out from under you in an instant with with one player or with 10 players uh but also it's it's just never been like that before um now you might say well college basketball they they didn't have these parameters either but like you said they're so used to having one guy in there for for one year maybe even half a year in some cases and then just gone. And I think of it. You can think of, yeah. of a number of instances where a high, highly ranked recruit or highly touted player in college basketball uh, got hurt, and instead of coming back when he got to 100, percent he was just like, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm just done for the season." And you can think of a lot more instances. I feel like that in college basketball than in college football. In college football, really, that's just starting to happen, kind of. Yeah. Uh, over the past few years, so. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is what happens when you build something and, and live in a, a certain way for years upon years, and now all of a sudden everything's changing, and you either have to get used to it or, or hope something changes. And as we said, I, I mean, I think we're, we're both on record as saying hopefully some sort of guidelines and rules can be stipulations can kind of be put into place yeah. to smooth this thing out. But on, in, in Bray's kind of defense, I guess a little bit, and maybe siding with him a little bit is those stipulations, those parameters are going to be set up for certain things. But this reality that we live in, that a guy can be there today and, and be gone tomorrow pretty easily. I don't think that's going anywhere. I don't know if it is. Now, the guidelines with the, again, with the guidelines with the NIO and everything like that, want that, ha- that to happen, think that needs to happen. But more guidelines and, and stricter enforcement, not enforcement, but stricter rules on a guy being able to leave or not, I think that's kind of out the window now. Like, I, I think these transfer rules, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's difficult, but, and it's, I can certainly, sympathize with the coaches that that are complaining and do have these questions but I don't really see it changing now that it's changed to this now that we've kind of given these players all right you have the the kind of one time get out of get out of university free card yeah. and go anywhere else I don't I can't see that being all of a sudden taken away only a couple years after you make that change so it's wild, but hopefully it'll be a little less wild as time goes on. But Well, I, I think the <laughs> only way it becomes less wild is, and we can talk about this in the next segment, I think 
eventually you're going to see the top 10 conferences like the FBS split away from the NCAA, which has already happened, right? I mean, the NCAA is the one who determines the champion for FBS. Right. Right. They're not the one who decides who goes to play in the college football playoff. That's determined by the college football playoff committee. Right. And they're talking about that right now down in Amelia Island at ACC and ACC coaches meetings is what does this look like? as we split away going forward. And I think the reality is it's going to be big time college football, quote unquote. So the 130 teams for the FBS roughly, right. Or maybe just power five and G five moving on and starting their own college football playoff league, I guess is the best way to put it. And then leaving the rest of college football to the NCAA. Yeah, but now yeah. and again, we can talk about this when we come back. But there are some things that maybe people aren't giving college basketball the credit that it's due, and this and how much money that brings in because mm-hmm. that's a multi-billion-dollar sport uh, for the universities and for the NCAA. And so we talk about college football, and very possibly right now becoming the second most popular sport in America after the NFL. If it's not, I don't know what it is. Uh, NBA might yeah. be number two right now, but maybe college football is quickly coming for that throne. How do you value that, and how do you split it up? So it's it's giant questions that are affecting a lot of our favorite sport, and it just kind of leaves you uneasy. So, Mike Bray, I'm going to worry, <laughs> all right? And maybe I would be less stressed if I walked around in a laser shoot all day. I don't know. It's very freeing, uh, I, I, apparently. I don't know. Maybe a track suit and then a leisure suit when I'm feeling nice. You know, if I if I if I had to think of one guy who just like never worries and isn't stressed about yeah. anything, Mark Bray isn't the Mike guy Bray? I'd pick. I don't know who Mark is. Whatever. Mike Bray is that not is the brother? guy I would pick. That guy looks like he's mad and stressed about everything all the time. So I don't know. That's fair. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at we'll, the source. We'll keep we'll keep talking about it next. This is second down on ESPN radio. PJ, you got to wait for the drop. Every single time. Look, you, looking if, at me funny while I'm sitting here waiting to talk. I wasn't even looking at you. Don't tell the viewers and listeners a lot. You're starting to skew. Lies. You're starting to skew away from our radio audience there, Mr. Zuko. Absolutely not. I've the included both of them. seventh time you've said, no, you catch yourself and then throw in <laughs> listeners. You, no, 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 no. That's not at all what happened. Maybe right, I caught no. myself the first time and now I just... I've liked it so much that now I'm using it every time. Sometimes. It's embarrassing. What is? What? You. Don't call me embarrassing. I will go in the back and cry. Well, I just, I just don't like you putting our <laughs> listeners second fiddle. Listeners will always be number one in my heart. Good. They're number one Hell, in my I heart right there. I, saying, I hate, I hate right, cameras. Right there with the viewers. I hate cameras. Okay. Good. Good for, for you. I... Sorry, because now I'm gone. Don't do this. Stop. No. Nope. Now you're the only one on the screen. I don't like that. I like cameras. I just don't like me on the camera. Now you're the only one because that's how much I dislike it. That's uh, not speaking happen. of embarrassing, you should come see how embarrassing our 5K times are. March or March, May 21st. Yep. At the Landings Club for the annual ESPN Diabetes 5K uh, partnership with the Talkie Foundation and presented to you by Fleet Feet in Savannah. My 5K time actually wasn't overly embarrassing. 
That's good. Were you I'm at happy the, for you. Were you at the last one? Uh, no. What happened there? I'm always in the studio. Somebody's got to hold down the fort? Yes. And that is PJ? Yes. Listen, I'll say it. Precisely. I, I'll let you go this time. No. And I'll hold down the fort. Do not do that. So long as you run the 5K. Uh, you have fun in the 5K. I will do the golf show with Rich and also, you know, what, whatever happens after that. What if we get Rich to come do the show from Then I will the still landings. need to be here to run the board for said remote. All right. Sounds like a lot of excuses. Sounds like, no, I don't want to run a 5K. But uh, also someone needs to hold down the fort and, and run the board. And you're better fit for a 5K. So you you go do that thing, man. Listen, how will you and know? And the rest of you, you listeners, please go fit. do that as well. How will you know you're not a good fit if you don't go try? Uh, because Kevin I, said he's going to run it this year. I've tried. I, I try to run a mile when I go to the gym. Can we work. get Kevin Thomas to do uh, Redemption 40? No. That Why the, are you so negative right now? The, the, the 40, Kevin's 40 should stay in the Hall of Fame. Kevin seems to think that he's done a Redemption 40 already. It, if it hasn't had the pomp and circumstances around it, it doesn't count as a Redemption 40. Did we not start the show talking about really bad sequels? A Redemption 40 for would Kevin most would be likely a be a disappointment. Right. No, no, no. For us, it would be. Because he, he, he could probably do the whole 40, and it would be disappointing for us. Because the first one was so amazing. Can it really be a Redemption 40 if he didn't actually finish the 40 yards? I'm just going to let that sit there. <laughs> just like Kevin on the ground. Uh, but again, coming <laughs> up May 21st. At the landings, you can head to runsignup.com forward slash race forward slash GA forward slash Savannah forward slash T-A-L-K-I to sign up. Or you can just go to ESPNCoastal.com. The link is there as well. Uh, this is to raise money uh, to provide insulin uh, for those who cannot afford it, which is just an unbelievably crying shame, but something that we are trying uh, to help combat. And also to raise money uh, to fund service dogs that do support diabetics. So wonderful causes come out. It's going to be a great time. The ladies club, absolutely gorgeous. And you can hang out with your favorite ESP and coastal faces. Absolutely. Ben may have a bigger one than the rest of us, but you know, that's just more to love. Of course. Dude, I thought I had a big head and I get that Ben Troop is like not even like he is a demigod compared to me in terms of like, just being a human being, the dude's massive. Of course. Yeah. His arms are bigger than my legs. Yeah. But he's got a big head. <laughs> but his head's bigger than your legs L- as large, well. Large, large, large skull on that man. <laughs> but it's a lot of love. You can come out there, hang out with Ben Troop, hang out with myself, not PJ, uh, hang out with Kevin Thomas. Just the ESPN Coastal crew minus PJ uh, will be on hand at the landings. So true. And again, all the money going yeah. towards a wonderful cause. Uh, to help support those who need insulin. So listen, coming up, May this 21st. Is where, I will not listen. You're not going to be there. we got to go to break. This we'll come back and get you hang. ready for three and out next. Right. right here on ESPN Radio. Now comes my favorite segment of the day. It's usually really easy to do this because we just say, hey, Braves baseball coming up for you later with the Braves. Have the day off today. Getting ready for a road trip. And so now I throw it to the venerable PJ Zuko. To ask him, what do we have coming up after 3 and out this evening? All right. So if you are listening in the coastal Georgia or Okefenokee area, you'll sure. have ESPN 
NBA basketball this evening at 6.30. If you are listening in the Savannah Hilton Head area, you will hear Georgia baseball at 6.40 pregame, Uh-oh. 7 o'clock first pitch. Well, Diamond Dogs. Yes. Getting after it. And then Precisely. Uh, Miami, Philadelphia going at it. What's your favorite storyline from these NBA playoffs so far? Because I'll say you mind. I'm a big nostalgia person. I want to see Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay do it one more time. Well, I was really hoping they were going to get upset by John Morant before, uh, you know, what the one of their one of their players, uh, you know, intentionally hurt. Yeah, John. that was rough. Yep, grabbing his knee. That that yeah, you should probably be thrown out of the playoffs. Yeah, after that. so there's that. But uh, hey, and then they beat them by like 50 last night. They though, did. So they, they, they were ticked they're off. back in the series. They were ticked so. off. That being said, PJ answered no question there. Three and out coming up next. (laughs) Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. We will talk to everyone tomorrow.